And welcome back, friends, Woo. for another podcast. Happy holidays. Obviously, Christmas and all that has passed. And New Year's tomorrow. Yeah, that's uh, right. New Year's yep. Eve is tomorrow. Wow. This is going to be our last podcast of 2019. Yeah. So later on, we have a little thing kind of looking back at the last like 10 years or so mm-hmm. in the NHL and Flyers-wise. Just the ups and the downs. Some ups, some out, some downs, obviously. Because, yeah. In the league, there's definitely some ups. Um Yes. More recently, I'd say the Flyers are on the up. Yep, they're on the upside. Yes. I think that's safe to say. Yeah. Knock on wood. <laughs> I still have to knock on wood, just given our past with the Flyers, but yeah. still. Um, <coughs> but because we had, it seems like we haven't podcasted in forever. Yeah. Really, probably maybe a week and a half, two weeks, maybe. Um, if there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> yes, there is. There's quite a lot. Yeah. Both. League-wise and Flyers-wise, flyers wise, yeah. so uh, I guess you can jump right into it. Uh, and I think the because of all the stuff out there, I think the first thing I want to go to is some of the injuries. There's yes. a couple more key Absolutely. ones. Which, again, this season, we talked about in the earlier podcast how, uh, how there's been so many injuries this season, it seems, with a bunch of like top uh, key players and everything. And the one team I actually will say before we even get to that is uh, that seems to be doing the best, uh, I guess, because they brought in a lot of depth and mm. everything. St. Louis, they yes. haven't, they lost Tarasenko pretty much the whole season, and yeah. they haven't lost an edge. They're still they, first. They've the not lost their step. No, that's exactly right. Mike. And you can argue uh, Colorado too. Yeah, because that line was been gone for a while. Oh, and no, absolutely, and and they're second. I think uh, Kyle McCarr was gone for a little bit, and there was a lot there. But two uh, two big ones is uh, obviously Jeff Skinner and Buffalo. Uh, mm. That's a big one. Yeah, and He's they out three uh, weeks was it three to four weeks, and it's an upper body injury. So you know that's fun. Yep. Yeah, that's um, a big one, especially for Buffalo because. I know it was a while ago, but back to that Philadelphia game when we played them, it mm. seems like I know Skinner or not Skinner, uh, Eichel. Eichel was such a huge part of that team, but I didn't realize how much of a big, huge part. Yeah, it was. no, that and that really and showed. It showed in that game how far you could say Buffalo really is. Yeah. I thought they were a little closer, but they're a- still after missing that a game. Lot of, they're still missing a lot of pieces. Yeah, after that, and and I mean the fact that we're talking about Buffalo right now, we can kind of briefly. Break down. That. We can break it down just because it was so long ago, so it's not. Well, right. It, 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 we're not. <clears throat> I don't want to make like a big deal about it, but no. But uh, and talk about a lot. The reason I want to bring up again and mention this just before we started here is that looking at the score was yeah. what six one. Yeah, the fire, the Flyers scored a touchdown. They kind of get the extra. Yeah, they they failed on the uh, two point, point conversion after, extra yeah. point. <laughs> but it was literally minutes before the game started that the team for obviously the Sabres announced that Jack Eichel was out for some w- reason was out and would not play. That changed the whole, whole game, the whole game because Jack Eichel, Eichel is a superstar. Yeah. He lost his streak. Yeah. And, and because of that, he lost a streak, which I, I think that's a little ridiculous. I get it, but <coughs> because it's all like games your team played or whatever. Yeah. So now it's just a personal streak, not yeah. So it was I don't know if it's still going. I I don't know. So it, I thought that was kind of annoying, but that changed the whole game. And 
clearly looking at the score and the, the whole game left and right, the Flyers thought I dominated. Now, oh, sure, yeah. there was two, maybe three home goals on the Sabres, but that's just the, the whole game. I mean, just I I even proved text, we texted how each other vital like, Jack Eichel is to that team. Well, just that, and I guess more so the shock to that, and just poor coaching in that game. That was really poor coaching. I'd say. Yes, because they challenged a really bad. That was very questionable. I don't know. It was clear as day as well. It's not really. It wasn't really clear, uh, but well, it was clear that it was not goalie. Yeah, it wasn't goalie interference, but because of that. And they the won on rule, the penalty kill. And the new rule and that, that you now get a minor for any yeah. kind of challenge instead of because before it was if you challenge offsides, now it's anything you challenge. Yeah. And that's your fear is that when that happens, you'll get it wrong. And then that following power play, the fire scored. So you're down three one at that point. Yep. That's uh And then they pretty much said, Yep, screw this game. Yep, yep. Hmm. And Noah Hannafin needs a little more help in the back as well. He does. Yeah. Uh, Darlene, sorry. No, I was like, hold on. Uh, Um, Darlene needs more help on that. He does, and he's growing as a player. Mm -hmm. I think, honestly, he's making pretty big strides this year. Oh, yeah. Um, He always will. He's going to be like Provorov. Right. Every year he's going to get better. But it's just amazing the fact that he's doing this. One, like Provorov, at such a young age, but also kind of by himself. Exactly. That's exactly where I was going with that, Mike. You're in my mind because he's doing this all by himself. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. He, there's some help on that defensive line, uh, the defensive core and everything with uh, Rasmus Krista line in. Mm-hmm. And other course, than that, there's not many. And two who knows? Many, maybe he could be like a pronger or a uh, Chara type later in his career if he becomes that type of defenseman where yeah. just him can bring out. The best of your defensemen. Right. Even though your defensemen really aren't the best. Because even Pronger in Philadelphia, when he was there for a little bit, and he got hurt. But before then, he brought out the best in that the In everybody. And Chara does the same. Amazing. Even even Chara in his old age, older age. Yeah. He's doing it with Boston. Still now. And now they have their future in Charlie McAvoy, but still. Yeah, so it's remarkable. I mean, still, it's still time to see if Darlene becomes that. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you don't want to put that much, I don't want to put that much pressure on him. No, but he is a great talent. Yes, and there's you. You could argue that he could do that, but this or in the career uh, in his career, it's a little harder. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and, and that's why you need a veteran presence to help guide him, like mm-hmm. Achara, you know, like uh, Pronger did, you know, and, and like what Niskanen's doing with Provorov and Gossespierre and Braun like is helping. I'm sure Dowdy's doing in L.A. Yeah, Even exactly. They're not really the same. I'm sure. He if there's yeah. younger defense. There. Like Duncan Keith and Duncan, Brent Seabrook. Yeah. You know? That's another big one, Seabrook. Yeah. His injury. I forgot about that. Wow. But back to Jeff Skinner, that team is pretty you much... You lose your offensive you lose, firepower because you already have uh, Eichel out. I, I don't but know. That's it, why I want to bring up... Right. The, I want to bring up the Flyers game is that because without Eichel, yeah. Skinner needs somebody to make him... As great as he is. A yes. great centerman, a great linemate somewhere there. And he has that with Eichel. Without Eichel, Skinner didn't have that. Like, yeah. And now that you're without Skinner, that's a good part of your offense you just lost for a month almost. Yeah. 
And it it's not getting easier. No. It's not, but at the same time, when you're talking about Buffalo, mm. they're in a rebuild. So you're just looking at your core as a team. You're not really focused on your record or anything. But I will say this, because mm. we always talk about how about Detroit and your kind of uh, mm. prediction on them and how yeah. many years it'll take. <coughs> I think they might have jumped Buffalo a little bit of getting there before them a little bit. Because mm. I think Detroit has a little more pieces, and I trust Yasmin more. But I do trust Yasmin more right now. But we've been on this for a while. So uh, another right. big one who I just mentioned, Charlie McAvoy. He was just placed on IR as well. Yeah. That's a big loss for Boston, who is coming back to earth. Mm-hmm. He is. Or I'm at Boston, the team. <laughs> yeah. They're 4-3-3 three, and three in the last 10. They lost, they're they on a win. They're still 10 points ahead of Toronto. That's how Atlanta. great their start of the season was. Do you know that they're 0-5 in shootouts? I mean... When you look at that team, that doesn't surprise you that much. No. Because even though they have great that great line and everything, and Pasternak, who you could argue is probably would be their best kind of shootout person. Yeah. But Bergeron and Martian, I wouldn't say, are the best option for... Martian has some moves. And it's, again, a shootout... You don't always but have then, to pull off the fancy move. You no, can no, no. Pull Drew and just take a, a or clapper. You just, yeah, or you can do what Couturier does. Yeah, he scored only a couple times, but when he has, it's, yeah, he's done it. So true. And even a guy that we don't even really like that much on the Flyers, Stewart, has in his play and everything. Mm. But he—that's one of his strong suits. Is somehow yes, his career percentage-wise and shootouts. Somehow yes. And um, even uh, Sam Gagne. <coughs> Sam Gagne, Gagne it was, is just, he's one of the best to do it. Yeah. It's crazy. And he doesn't really do any fancy moves either. No, he just, I mean, he does from time to time, but he doesn't need it because he no. knows, uh, he again. Great, he has um, that good of a shot that he yeah. doesn't need to. Yeah. And then there's, you know, people like Patrick Kane out there. Mm-hmm. He just dangles the crap yeah. out of you. He pulled another magical move last night. If you have not seen it, I highly suggest looking at it. it it's... Yeah, it's it goes up there with his famous shoot a goal against the, against the Wild all those oh, years yeah. ago. Like it's that good. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, if you have your time, I'd take a look at that. Yes. Uh, but losing uh, McAvoy is a big loss, especially yes. on the blue line for. No, absolutely. Uh, um, other injuries. So Anthony Mantha is out a minimum of four weeks with uh, rib type injuries. For the Red Wings, uh, Jeff Blashell, the coach, says it's not the head, which is always a good sign. A scary one here. Uh, Ilya Mikhaev, um had an artery and a and tendon severed in his right wrist by the skate cut in New Jersey a couple of nights ago. Ouch. Um, so and hopefully, and, <coughs> and that's for uh, yeah. Toronto's player. Hopefully he's doing much better. Here's the big one for uh, Chicago, too, you could argue, because yes. Dahan is also... Yeah, he's up. Yeah, he's having surgery. Uh, Chicago, th- they they announced like four to five different injuries, I think. Mm-hmm. Because Seabrooks is even more, because he's getting his shoulder 
Yeah. I think uh, uh, the Han's also shorter. Here we go. So it is. Uh, well, let's start with uh, Calvin DeHaan. Yeah. He's right shoulder. Actually, both him and Seabrook both are right soldier, uh, sh- shoulder. I can't talk today. To both undergo surgery and they're missing the remainder of the season. Uh, Brent Seabrook it, uh, also had to go under undergo surgery on each hip. But that I think it was said. I think I saw an article that sometime in 2020 that's going to happen. Yes, that will happen so in 2020. Seabrook's gone for a while. He is. He's um, 34. Yeah, honestly, I think his career, unfortunately, is coming to an end. It is, but his contract doesn't end until 2024, 2025. I know. So that, that's Mitch actually brought up a good point about this, too, in that. Buy him out? No. Because they can use him to help with their cap. Hmm. At a certain age, yeah. what team like teams would do with Hosa or what the Flyers did with Pronger? Yeah, you just put him a long term IR, help your cap a little bit. It's true, it's true. And also, here's some of the things about though. Because if you re- if he retires, then you have to have something else to think about. Too. I just saw it on the spot. You do have the expansion draft coming up with Seattle, and. Teams they do need, especially new teams. Obviously, they need the cap space. They meaning they need to yeah, take they on need the cap, cap hit. ceiling. Exactly, uh, they need to get to a certain minimum. Yeah, if the, if they don't see anyone that they truly like from Chicago, maybe the best case scenario is Brent Seabrook. For Chicago's sake, they might have to. Right, just because of the some of the talent they have. That too. So, because let's be honest here. I think the Brinkett, he he would need to be protected. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying like oh, like it's it's an obviously I would protect him. But I'm saying like I think because he's played enough hockey, I think the Blackhawks are required to protect them. It's not like yeah. oh, you know, Frost and Farabee for the Flyers, you know, or or Kirby Doc where they barely played any hockey in the NHL. They're protected because they barely played enough hockey but no i think because um alex de he's over the limit of the, the certain amount of games that you need to play he therefore needs to be protected by the blackhawks if they choose to do so and that is the biggest key for them yeah uh here it is um, yes because i was just curious of how it worked or how many games you would have to play mm-hmm. um So the 40 out of 70 games played requirement will not be considered until the beginning of the 1920 season. Mm. So the start of this season going on right now. Got it. So Kirby Doc might have to be on there as well. That's actually a very interesting point. If he's playing most of the season. True. Same thing with Faraby and Frost. True. So no matter what, I think that the Seattle team – they're going to get a very... And we'll, it's we, going to be like Vegas. It's, it's literally going to be like Vegas. And we, we can... We'll get to that. <clears throat> I kind of want to get to that a little bit more. Yes. When we do like the past... You know, if, you know for sure. We'll, we'll worry so. about Seattle what, while from now. Oh, no. I'm just saying just some of the talent that's come up, which is why right. Vegas was so good when they came in and why I think Seattle... Well, right. But um, the fact is, is that there's going to be so many good options out, out there. there yeah. Just like Vegas, Seattle. And I truly believe... And if there's a team that's afraid they're going to lose somebody, they're going to make a trade like Florida did. Yeah. And look what Marshall Thomas is doing in 
Vegas now. Yep. He's one of their best players, if not their best player. Yeah, I really think so. Um, So we'll see what happens. But so it, it's all good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so when it comes to like the expansion and everything, do you like the fact that they're going to have the same rules as Vegas? Or yeah. do I think it's a fairest way to kind okay. of do it. But like then again, the, the reason I bring it up is because I know for a fact is if Seattle does well in their first year, they even succeed and basically make the playoffs. I know for a fact fans will question, oh, this isn't fair. You know, they got the same start as Vegas and, you know, and people are already complaining about that. You know, it's, I think no matter what, you, you'll have people complaining. Um, my my <clears throat> only counter to that would be is that they'd have to go up against Vegas. They're going to be at the Pacific. I hope they have a rivalry between those two. The two expansion teams, That that's my goal. Arizona move, <coughs> Arizona's going to move to the Central. Yeah. And then Seattle's being <coughs> Pacific. Yeah. So. so, we'll see. But, um, anyway, back to Chicago. Chicago. Uh, the other... Yeah. Uh, the other big injury. <coughs> Excuse me. The other big injury. Uh, Brandon Saad. He's out uh, three weeks uh, with his r- uh, with the right ankle injury. That sounds like some sort of ankle sprain to me. Um, possibly a high ankle sprain. So we'll see. Uh, yeah. So that doesn't help them either because for Chicago right now, I mean they're they're still dead last in the Central, but any hopes of I mean, here's a crazy thing. Despite how bad they're doing, they're eight. They're five points away from, you know, being, from tying uh, Winnipeg for fourth. Ten points away from second. Exactly. That's how close. And eight that's how close some of these third. teams are in these yeah. divisions. It doesn't seem like it, but that's the case. Um. It, yeah. Yeah. In yeah. So there's that. Uh. I think what else? Some just some news around the World Juniors. Oh yes, yes. Uh, there's been a lot happening. Uh, the biggest thing, uh, projected number one overall draft pick Alexis Lafreniere for Team Canada had a uh, an MRI on his knee or his leg. Uh, he went down in a scary collision. Uh, sounds like the injury may not be as bad as initially feared, which is good. There's in fact hope that Lafreniere may be able to return to play in these World Juniors. So the great news is that there was no, uh, you know, t- uh, tears. There's nothing severe, which is always always good news. Uh, and then uh, Canadian captain Barrett Hayton, who's prospect of the Arizona Coyotes, uh, in that very same game, actually, there was some problems before the game started. Apparently, he left his helmet on during the Russian national anthem. You know, he, he screwed up. He apologized. This whole thing should be over. But I know with the national media and national crowd, they're making a bigger deal Big out of it than yeah. it should be. Now, and... His statement, I thought, is a, a fair one. I, I, I think that Barrett Hayden, he's, he's a great competitor, and he doesn't mean you know any disrespect to the Russians. No. And I forget. Uh, I thought I retweeted it. Oh, here it is. Here's a statement from Barrett Hayden. 
I'm sorry for leaving my helmet on for the Russian anthem following today's game, and I apologize to the Russian team and its fans. As a leader on this team, I was trying to process the game and evaluate how we can regroup. I was lost in the moment. The Russians played a great game tonight, and my actions were not intended to be disrespectful. My mistake should not detract from their win. I owe it to my team and all Canadians to be better. Uh, I think that's a perfect statement from oh, him. Yeah. Um, you know, he's an exceptional young man. The fact that he, you know, recognized the situation and kind of how things got out of hand. Um, I know it doesn't help that there's, you know, media all over the place making a big deal about it. And no, and uh, from a standpoint looking at it you know i could i could understand why the russians got upset and thought it was disrespectful and again he was kind of caught up in the moment yeah and unfortunately when yeah. this some of this stuff when it does happen it does have some controversy when it mm-hmm. whether it's not standing or whatever right exactly there's always something that i feel something like there's might. always something nowadays um right. but so there's that uh some other things there was this is a couple weird incidents. So Joe Villano, who's a Detroit Red Wings prospect, he got suspended one game for giving a Russian player a tiny little headbutt. Any relation to Vinny? I said Villano. Oh, I thought you said Vano. No. Vano. No. Nope. It, it, it's Joe Villano. Yeah. But uh <coughs> So here's my question, because there was a similar situation where a guy, I, I, I forget who the U.S. played but uh, a couple of days ago, but some guy headbutted Oliver Wallstrom on the U.S. So that, that, that means that guy should get suspended too, right? I, I would if, think so. If, the other if, guy if that's international yeah. logic, if, if Joe Valeno gives the guy a little headbutt and gets suspended for that, so why not suspend the other guy, you know? So that, that makes sense. Um but so both Team Canada and uh, Germany, I want to say mm-hmm. Germany. Yeah, that looks like that. Uh, we're down to 11 or, or so. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, Team Canada is now down to 11 forwards um, with Lafreniere injured and Joe Valeno suspended uh, against Germany. So. That's something to keep in mind. I think the game was happening earlier uh, this morning, so we'll have to get an update on that later. But so there's all that news. Uh, do you have anything else to cover for right now, Mike? No, not for World Juniors. Oh, uh, Derek Stefan going back to the NHL. Uh, yes. He suffered an upper body injury last night and did not return to the game. To the game. Uh, that is the last. Update, I believe we have on him. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much that, I think, for... You. Around the league there. Uh, I do find this interesting, though. Just What's that? Because I usually look at the standings and everything. Just because mm-hmm. every time around here, it seems there's some kind of difference somewhere around here and the one division i really focus on more because it changes the most is the pacific just mm. another one that's really close but san jose's fallen back to the seventh yeah 
And Vegas is back on top where I thought they were going to be. Yeah. And another one, too, because I was curious. <coughs> I'm pretty sure we talked about the Hall trade. We did. Okay. But in six games, he has four points for Arizona. Wow. That's two awesome. goals and two assists. So he's already making a, making a contribution. But I guess before we got on the podcast, what a weird uh, year for hockey. Or oh, yes. Especially if you talk about the past like 10 years or so. The bottom three teams, Anaheim, San Jose, L.A., and then the Pacific. Top three teams, Vegas, which isn't much of a surprise, you could argue. Vancouver, and then Arizona. Mm-hmm. And then right behind them, a point behi- uh, behind those two with 45 is uh, Calgary. There's one less win and one more overtime loss than Arizona. Yeah, this is just an, a mm-hmm. very interesting. And Edmonton, year. unfortunately, <coughs> they're coming back down to earth. They are, but <coughs> what could you expect when it's pretty much just McDavid and Drysaddle? Yeah, For as good as those two are, you can't. You're not going to be able to win with just two guys, right? You could argue what's possible if you have a stellar netminder, just like a what. Carey uh, Price has been able to do with Montreal for all those years. Mm. Um, like y- you could argue, stellar goaltending can get you far, just because if just uh, if you have a bad game or whatever, they can always kick you out of it. But even with those two players, one of the best right now, there's the best right now, and one of the tops other sentiments who's playing wing right now. Yeah, it's a <coughs> it's it, it, it's just it's an interesting one, but it's also one where it's like because there is so much. It doesn't surprise me too much. Bat, I guess it's not. No, it's not too much of a surprise, especially since Edmonton kind of has the shit salary, or because mm-hmm. they have to kind of come back down from their cap because <coughs> of poor decisions made from the previous yeah. GM. So. so do you know what's crazy? What? If the Flyers were in the Pacific, they would be in first place. Yeah. They'd be in second in the what the central. Yeah. Shit, they'd be second in every other division. Yep. That just That just shows you how kind tough of tough the metro is. Yeah. <coughs> and here's another one if people haven't already noticed. Penguins eight and two in the last ten. Yeah, and they have a two game win streak, so they're uh they're doing just fine without number eighty seven. I'm sure he's coming back sometime soon too. That's gonna be a huge yeah. bolt. Which means Flyers fans was, and even Hurricanes need to step your ga- step your games up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Did you see the uh, Hurricanes Ma- Maple Leafs game the other week? I did the other not. Day? It was very fun, very high scoring. <laughs> it was very li- not great goaltending, really much on either oh side. Geez. I want to see what th- I forget what the final was. I know it was a lot to a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot to a lot. Why are you looking that out, though? Just the standings in general, and this year, as you mentioned, it's just been a bizarre one, and it's... But after... <sighs> it, it, it's so weird, man. I, I, I love hockey, but it's just it's a very interesting season. 
it is, but you could also argue why it's, for me, one of the best is because it's always so unpredictable. Yes. Especially the past couple years. Yeah. You got that right. Last year alone, just... Uh, Which is funny because yeah. I was watching the Eagles game yesterday and the one commentator was saying how fun the NFL is because of the playoff format and everything and how quickly some teams can get good or whatever with certain draft picks and everything. Mm. Like, NHL, I like a lot more just based. Like, it's not like the NFL where they'll come in right away, some of these top players. Right. But... They do make a contribution once they're up here. They do. And quickly, too. Yes. That is for sure. Yeah, no, I, I think overall, though, th- this season, it, it's inv- a very exciting one. I mean, after last season, you can't really... You can't predict anything anymore. No. It was an 8-6 final. Toronto won. Nice. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yeah, it happened the 23rd. But that was a game where, like, if there's somehow... I think I saw it on Twitter, too. If there's somehow that uh, could happen in the playoffs, I would really enjoy that because mm-hmm. both teams were fast and both teams have a lot of offensive skills. As proven by the 8-6 final. Yeah. I think it was... I, f- I want to get this right, but I think... Marner had five points in that game. Yeah, it, it, I think it was like four, but it was crazy. Yeah, five points, he had two goals and three assists. Ooh. John Tavares had three point or er, three points. It's weird, but it also goes to my point mm-hmm. that I was trying to make earlier, which I kind of we could probably go into the looking back yeah. like ten not ten years and everything. I wanna say since the McDavid draft, mm-hmm. every year there's been some I mean obviously there's some star talent in every draft or whatever that comes up. But I feel like ever since that one, there's always been one that's come in and completely dominated some way or some uh somehow. Yeah. And just look at some of the teams that are great right now. And All just right. Let, let's let's honestly look at those top teams. Do you want to do like since like the McDavid draft? We can. Okay. But uh, well, obviously Austin Matthews. He was drafted in 2012, right? Matthews? Not Matthews. I meant uh, uh, McKinnon. Oh, Mac. Uh, he was. Uh, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. 2012, 2013, I want to say. 2013. Okay. Um, yeah. We <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking at the 2012 draft. Nail Yakafov going number one still gets me. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh my but that- gosh. Uh, it was 2013, 2014. Um, where, uh, oh, no, he didn't even go number one. McKinnon? No, he went number two. Oh, wait, no, I lied. Hold what on. What are you talking about? No, yeah, shoot. Did. Sorry, I, I, I'm getting this mixed up because I'm Sir, looking. what I, are you? <laughs> sorry, I'm looking at the rankings, and, and they rank Seth Jones as the, the top North American skater. That's why. Sorry. They, I, I'm you want to say, right want to know it's even crazier? Yeah. That year, 13-14. Mm. For that draft? No, just the way the oh, yeah. final. Colorado had 112 points. They won the Central. Yeah, no, they were. I uh, remember that year because I remember how well McKinnon did that first year he came in. He was he dominated. It, it was so exciting watching and then the they playoffs. Just, they fell off the next well, couple years. <laughs> well, here's <laughs> the thing: that goal by Nino Niederreiter mm-hmm. honestly derailed the Colorado Avalanche. Like he, with Niederreiter's goal. You can hear a pin drop in yeah. that stadium. Or in the arena, I mean. Uh, after Nina Ryder scored the game winning goal in overtime in game seven. Yeah. Because the Wild weren't even close to. I don't know how in the world they uh, they pulled off that upset, but it was it was quite mm-hmm. the upset. And now Nino Niederreiter plays for Carolina. He ties. I still trade. I don't know why they made. No but, clue. Uh, Carolina isn't complaining, so. Because I do think he's an, kind of an underrated player. Nino Niederreiter. Oh, he's he definitely is. But you just that first year in. But mm. also, let's not put that gets us out there, too. Two years prior in the Couturier draft. Mm-hmm. Then to get, was this Rantanen, was that one? Or was that... Uh, Rantanen was, I want to say, 2014 draft. Not Rantanen, I mean... Uh, 2015 draft, 10th overall for Rantanen. Who are you looking okay. for? Where's the thing of... Landis Landiscog. Landiscog, Landiscog okay. yeah. I think it's... Who he was... Uh, yeah, he went... He was... He, he was went second overall in 2011. 2011, yeah. Um... Yeah, because they went Nugent Hopkins. Prior. Yeah, he was two years prior. Then they Huberdeau, got uh, Hopkins, Lance Scott, Huberdeau. Yeah. <laughs> Adam Larson, yeah, fourth overall. I still feel bad for RGN. Who? Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Oh, you said RGN. I'm like, who the heck's RGN? Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Oh, RNH. RNH, whatever. It's been a long day, I can tell. It's only 1245. Yeah, 1246 now, but... Yeah, you know. But yeah, just that first year in, boom, first. Yeah. I think the next year they kind of fall off, though. Yeah. Uh, but, yes. After that year, no, sorry, that was 15. That would have been. No, we maybe would have been. Yeah, that next year they were um, last. Ah. Yeah. But yeah, but going back to my point, just with all the talent that's come out, not even just top talent, 
Because mm. just look what Sebastian Ajo's done with Carolina and everything. He wasn't a he was in the second round, but still. Mm. Hockey in general, I think, is just getting better. It's getting faster. It's right getting now. it's yeah. getting better. It's getting faster. It's it's amazing. And not even just that. If you look at, I'd say even since then, maybe even before. You can say McDavid or, or Mc, uh, McKinnon or not, but I think that's when the NHL started changing to how it looks now. Yeah. As in, there wasn't as many like um, like enforcer type players, or not as many that were dying out as much. But out of the past 10 years, Jeffrey, what are the top moments that have impressed you the most in the league? Let's start with that. League-wise, all right. Because you did have two. That's, there's a bunch of big ones if you want to talk about cup winners. Um, Penguins three times, <coughs> Capitals, or not Capitals, Blackhawks three times. I, I think and up the there, honestly, Blackhawks three times in, in six years. Yeah. 2010, they won. 11, 12, they lost. And that was... like Meaning, like, they they didn't win it. 13, they won. 14, they lost. 15, they won. So, but looking at those years, because literally, in the last 10 years alone... uh, Or, sorry, not even last 10 years. Last 9 years from 2000... Oh, no, last 10. So, 2009, they made the conference finals. 10, won the cup. 11, they lost in the first round. But then, look at this. 2012 Conference Finals, 13 Stanley Cup champs. 14 Conference Finals, 2015 champs. Yeah. How does a team do that? It's amazing. That just shows how you, how well that core... Th- that, honestly, was. is the last dynasty we've seen. Yeah. Pittsburgh, in recent memory. Pittsburgh's a close one. Pittsburgh is close. Despite them winning back-to-back cups, they I don't consider them a dynasty. Because Elton was on nine. There was a couple years in between. Well, right. It, it's I mean, sure, there's that too. But my, my thing is, uh, I'm not trying to be biased. Oh no, because you, yeah. you know, not obviously we're Philly fans, but still, I'm saying that I don't think they're a dynasty because look at the deep, deep playoff runs True. that Chicago had consecutive years. Yeah, that's Pittsburgh. A good point. Yeah, Pittsburgh had always struggled in like right. the second round. Because so Pittsburgh, they made the finals in 08 and 09, the one in 09. 2010, they lost in the second round, if not the first round to Montreal. I think it was second round. Uh, 2010. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, no. It's, so 2010, because they played the. Canadians, I want to say they lost in the first round, if not as the second round to the Canadians. Um, 2011, I don't remember how... 11 or 12, I don't remember. Uh, 2013, they went to the conference... 11, 12, they lost to the Flyers. Oh, right, though. How did I forget that? That was in the first round. Uh, 2013, uh, they... That was the last time the Flyers made it to the yes. second round. To this, uh, 2013 was a shortened year. They lost in the conference finals to the, the Bruins. Um, 14 I th- or 15, they lost in the first round. 16, 17, obviously won. Uh, 2018, they lost in the second round. This past year, they lost in the first round. So yeah. they made They're the playoffs consistently, s- Yeah, but they've not been able to go yeah. deep in the playoffs consistently. I will say this. They were a dynasty, but 
They're Chicago, a mini version of a dynasty. Oh, no, I'm at Chicago. Oh, oh, Chicago. Chicago, they're the dynasty. They're a dynasty, down. but then after that last one, they kind of they dipped down back. big time. They fell down. Because I think the even turning though, point, even though you could argue a lot of that team mm. is back again because they keep bringing them back because they brought Shaw and Saad back. They yeah. did lose, lose Buffalo, and let's not forget, he was on the first one. Yes. And then they won two more cups after without yeah. him, which is nuts. Um, I will say this. For Chicago, I think the turning point is when was 2016. They're in the playoffs. They lost to the St. Louis Blues in Game Seven. Yeah, I think first round that was first round. I think that really turned that quote and ended that dynasty. That moment right there, which is funny because that's almost similar to I mean baseball wise the Phillies. Yeah, you could argue they were kind of not really a dynasty, but no, they they, were they, they, they they I almost consider them a dynasty because from they only won once, right? Even though they again they're like that mini yeah dynasty like but Pittsburgh. you're like you're, but you're saying more like uh, Chicago in that every year they were deep yeah they they were right there basically, yeah. um, and then the killer was the f- 2011 yeah yeah for the Phillies but With that one, Howard, yeah that's a couple years later for Chicago right um so there's that. Uh, honestly, let's go biggest surprise next. Again, I have to say the talent. I, if you're talking about, if you look at the beginning mm-hmm. of 2009 to like 2015 ish, yeah, you still saw Vancouver Goons. was in the top because yes. had the Sedins and Kessler, and uh, Lundqvist was in Vancouver still. And the say first that again. Vancouver, Vancouver was really good at the beginning. They went to the. You mean Luongo? Luongo, sorry. Yeah, I was like Lundqvist. Oh, Luongo. Yeah, yeah. I was. I said like, the, the wrong L. <laughs> oh god. But then, San Jose and LA had a lot of good. A lot of good playoff series. Yeah. Against one another. Anaheim was always pretty dominant at, around that time. Washington was always a laughing stock because they would always lose in the first round after yeah. being in the top. But let's not forget, you can argue that to be a surprise. The last two years, mm. first time st- uh, cup winners. Yeah. Blues last year and then the Capitals the year before. Blues I'm kind of mad about, but I'm happy now that Ovi got his cup. Me too. He he's one of the well very well deserved uh, mm-hmm. deserving players to get that. There are a lot of well deserving ones if you want to put it that way. Because mm-hmm. Recky got one in Boston at the very yeah. end. Well, so no, so Recky he he had three cups. Yeah, he got three, but he got one near the end. Right, <laughs> which is always nice because he won't go out on top as a champion. Yeah, and that's what he I did. Think that's what I was getting at. Like, he finished on top. That makes sense. Um. Teaming in. Yeah. The Blackhawks. 2015. Yep. Mark Strite. Mm-hmm. Gagne. Sam, or Simone, Simone Gagne. Gagne. Yeah, 2012. LA. Yep. Richards. Richards, yeah. You could argue 2014. Obviously Ovechkin, who I just said. Ovechkin. He's still not done yet, but still, you know. But the fact that he won. He got one. Because yes. before then, he had so much pressure on him. Remove the C. Remove the C. He's not, he's not the same. And C. I'll be one of the first to say, I was one of those, those people that said, if you can't get these things done, you need some sort of change. And maybe stripping the C from him yeah. was that little extra push to get him over the hump. But 
hey, I, I got to hand to Ovi and yeah. these guys. They got done. Evgeny Kuznetsov. Uh, let's not t- let's talk about those two. Yeah. European players yeah. have gotten a lot better. Kuznetsov. I will say this. Know. I know I'm not sure how Pasta. globally this works because I think yeah. Canada might still be number one. But I think for me personally, I think Russia is the top in the world. I think you're right. Cause they have the top goalies. Yeah. They have the top defense. Right? Defensemen? That they do. Somewhere. <laughs> Somewhere. They have great offensive players. Mm-hmm. And oh, oh, yeah. We didn't mention this, but Ovechkin's getting suspended a game because he's going to sit out the All-Star game. Yep. And like, To rest for the playoffs. Yeah. And Which, like, yeah. And it show-wise... Why do you care about your all-star game so much that you're going to suspend players who want to rest when people pay attention to you most during the playoffs? And he's one of your star players. And he is... You'd want him to go far. One of the best goal scorers we'll ever see in our yes. lifetime. And everyone... Easily of the decade. It was fun seeing him in the playoffs. Oh, my God. I, I was... So so he, when, when, the, when the Cavs won the Cup a couple years ago, and he got the game... Or no, he got like the, he, he scored a goal, if not scored like, I think he two goals yeah. in the cup clinching game. I was hoping that he was the one to score if the game went yeah. to overtime or like just it was tied late. I was hoping he would have gotten the game winning goal in overtime for the hat trick or something like yeah. that. That would have been the greatest thing ever. And I, I would have been cheering for Ovi left and right because he's such a competitor. That, he rightfully just so partied until the next season. Oh, my God. That was the greatest thing I've ever seen. I know they're a rival, but he's one one of the players I've watched. I've I've had tremendous respect for. He's grown as a true team player Mm because early on in his career, it was safe to say he was literally a one-man show. Oh, yeah. But he, he really took in that the ability of understanding what a true captain should be like. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's done it all now, and I'm so I'm so happy for yeah. him. And um, the only thing next, if the NHL actually does it, is go back to the Olympics. Yeah, gold medal. That would be cool to see for him too. Um, but I don't think he has one at least. I I don't I think, think he has so. a medal, but I don't think it's gold. Probably not. But some other noticeable and memorable moments. Vegas? Vegas, that yeah. same year. Yeah. They had that incredible, incredible cup back of Marc-Andre Fleury. That literally... He started that year up until, I'd say, probably 2011. Mm. One of the top goalies. Easily. he fell back. He was struggling a lot. Yeah. And then Matt Murray pretty much took his job. He did. Yeah. And they pretty much won both cups. Both, both goalies. Yes. Both. At one point, Murray. Kind I, of I will say this: you got to hand to Mark Andre Fleury in a veteran move. Mm-hmm. He did not sit back and say, "Oh, my career's done," and "Oh, oh yeah. you know this rookie's you know, stealing my job," and I'm not. You know, I th- feel like this everyone kind of knew, even though he had the he had to kind of waive the no trade clause yeah. and everything. I feel like everyone kind of knew he was going to Vegas. Yeah, oh yeah, no, everyone, everyone did. It was the most predictable pick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in the expansion draft, and rightfully so, because he found his game again in Vegas, and, and and he's more enjoyable to watch because he's in Vegas and not Pittsburgh. <laughs> well, you only play him twice now. Yes, 
But no, and if that, because sometimes the backup comes in, and yeah. in that case, we're playing Superman. Yeah, a very That's reliable true. backup. Mm-hmm. But no, he he's, he's been uh, enjoyable to watch, and yeah, uh, I will put it this way, because when he was first drafted, and I believe he was drafted in that stacked O three draft where he went number one overall. They were saying he was the next Marty Brudeur. I still don't believe yep, that he'll first he will ever, ever, ever be in the same mentioning as Marty Brudeur. I think he's still a very good no. goalie. <laughs> but he was he's nowhere near Marty Brudeur. Marty Brudeur was in his own class, you know? I see you found something. Number three overall in that draft, Nathan Horton. Stop. Yeah. In the 03 draft, the greatest draft class of all time. Number one, Flurry. Two, Eric Stahl. Three, Nathan Horton. Oh, my gosh. Nikolai Zherdev went four. Thomas Vanek, five. Uh, McCulloch, six. Suters, uh, Ryan Suter, seven. You're going to like this one. Uh, Braden Coburn, eight. Dion Phaneuf, nine. Uh... Andre Kotsuzin, uh, uh, 10, 11, Jeff Carter. It's uh, 10. Right. Uh, 11. Uh, Kostitsin. Kostitsin, right. The Kostitsins were very good for a long time. They're enjoyable to watch. Uh, yeah, that was pretty stacked tra- uh, draft, if you want. But how do you miss that bat in top 10 picks with some of those guys? I don't know, but 20, there's Brett Burns. Well, uh, right. Getzloff went 19. Right, Richards that's what I'm eight, saying. 24. Brian Boyle, 26. Uh, Palat, 22. Mm. Yeah. Who wants... Let's keep going. There's some... Corey Perry, Perry went 28. There's some... Uh, the, the names there were ridiculous. Bergeron went 45. Yep. Keep going. I'm sure the list gets better and better. I think... Matt Carl went 47. Shea <laughs> Weber, 49. Who? Shea Weber, 49. Shea Weber. Corey Crawford, 52. I guess you haven't noticed we went on a tan. Uh, we kind of, uh, you know, drifted off a bit. Uh, Jimmy Howard went 64th. David Back to 62nd. Yeah, there there's some there's some amazing. Uh, I think that's kind of really it of kind of notables. Yeah. But yeah. Again, greatest draft class ever. Besides the 2015 draft. Yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> Moving on. So, uh, Mark thought went 168th. Mark thought Nice. In the sixth round. So, here's my question. So, we're, we're covering some of the best moments. Bruno Gervais went 182. Bruno Gervais, what a throwback name. Oh, my gosh. Now, Mike, we've covered some of the best moments in the NHL. Are there any other top moments? Joe Pavelski went 205th in the seventh round. Yeah. He was a seventh rounder. Oh boy. Uh oh. What'd you find? 
Uh, that was a Flyers pick. They traded it to San Jose. Ah, uh, guys, come on! The Flyers drafted Vatslav Skirko. <sighs> well, that hurts. They could have had him. A lot of people could have had a lot of people. That's a good point. Jay Rosa won two twenty-seven. <laughs> oh my god! All right, Mike, we're getting we're getting way off topic now. Let's let's get back to some things. So, looking at the decade as a whole, mm-hmm. we've covered some top moments. Give me three to five of your top moments around the league, not Flyers wise, but around the league. If you were if you are like basically an, just a true hockey fan and just an absolute unbiased fan, you don't have a favorite team hypothetically. Look at the top five moments moments in the last decade. Now, let's start at number five together, and we'll break their our moments down each moment. I don't want to sound biased, <coughs> but I'm gonna say number five: the Flyers come back. Right, the I, I, I'm not. I'm not saying like you know you're being biased. I'm saying like because as a true hockey fan, because that was really fun to see. Not that was only so just for that series, but Game Seven they went down o- three nothing, three, yes, and then they came back and won the Thanks series and the game. By, yeah, four three. Um. So basically, I'm gonna put number five mm-hmm. that, but also the reason why I have that over these the Kings. Over Come back Jose. over San Jose because the Kings weren't down three nothing in Game yeah. Seven. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It was still a remarkable moment, and it, I have it, that at only like six. very few. Yeah. You can have that at six. You, the, uh, it's very few teams that have ever done that. But the fact that the Flyers were down also o three mm-hmm. in Game Seven, away in Boston, that was a very vital timeout by uh, Laviolette. Yes, so. I think it's safe to say that that is easily a top yeah. five of, of, as an NHL fan for the decade. Oh, yeah. Number four, looking back again, the last 10 years, think of all the moments. It, it, it's I, I, This is such a tough choice because... I might say L.A. L.A.? Okay. Not, not back-to-back, but they were in between the Blackhawks runs. Yeah, you okay. have to throw them in there cause, just because I feel... Yeah, they were right there. So, so they basically, went, they pretty much went back and forth with the. They did because it went L.A. Chicago, L.A. LA. Chicago. Yeah. Literally, they each won two cups in four years. There. And in those cup and those games, Jonathan Quick became Jonathan Quick. Yeah, a well-known name. He started on his head a lot of times, especially in that series when they had to come back against San Jose. Yeah, he was a. Big part and why, and also Drew Doughty and Kopitar and those guys, yeah. And then they brought in Jeff Carter that obviously helped as well. That that was back in twenty twelve. That was huge. Yeah. Um. And I I want I'm going to go a bit of a different route, okay. sticking with Chicago, but I'm going to go the twenty thirteen Stanley Cup Finals. Okay. That was still for me probably the best Stanley Cup matchup I've ever seen. Was that against New Jersey? That, no, the, the no, Chicago against the Blackhawks. Blackhawks. <laughs> wow, they're wow that's a good series. Wow. <laughs> Chicago against the Bruins. Did you uh, accidentally hit, were you playing yourself, Chicago versus Chicago? Yeah, how you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the Chicago Blackhawks against the Boston Bruins, probably uh, the yeah. most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was a shortened season, and that's why it was such a great 
playoff run for every team because teams were well rested. You got the best playoff hockey I think we'll ever see. Each game was very close in Game Six. You could argue because it was a shortened season. That's why the playoffs. Well, were right, so that's good. what I'm saying. Um, but Game Six also, the Blackhawks were down and they scored two goals in a minute thirteen seconds or a minute seventeen. Oh no, it was a minute thirteen left. They scored two goals in seventeen seconds to take the lead and win Game Six in Boston to win the Cup. That was again one of the most electrifying Stanley Cup Finals I'll ever see. Um, and it was it was just a truly remarkable run by both teams. Oh yeah, uh, and it was some of the best hockey we'll all ever get to see. Uh, number three, <clears throat> I'm actually going with a person on this one. Okay, that's fair. Connor McDavid. Yes, uh, we have to man- mention Connor McDavid. Um, I think it's fair to put him at three. That yeah, definitely I, think is. You, I don't think you can put him much higher. I think I think three or four stuff. is a, a good yeah, spot. Somewhere around him. there. Just because his emergence, he I hate to put this because whenever there's a star talent, you always have to compare him to Crosby and Gretzky. Oh, yeah, but no, yeah. for sure. Because he literally is, he was deemed the next one. And, and Edmonton. <laughs> and and Edmonton is so fitting. Uh, because it, it's just, yeah, it's amazing. And look what he's done. He's quickly become one of the highest played players. He's scored. And not only just that, he's been the best player. He's been to the playoffs once, which sucks. But he dominated not those just, playoffs. Not just for the uh, him and Edmonton, but for <clears throat> NHL in general, because not a lot of people can see as much of the talent as Edmonton or those fans. Yeah. So, ready for this? This is how dominant he is. He's the fastest player in the in NHL. He is... By far, one of the most skilled. He's he was third in the Calder Cup final yeah. voting his first year, where he played in forty five games. He still put up forty eight points. Who won the Calder that year? That was oh boy, um, it wasn't not McDavid. <laughs> well, no, it was Panarin. That's why. Oh yeah, because he was still rookie. Yeah. It was the tainted rookie year. Um, but look at McDavid, though. His next year, he gets 100 points, 30 goals, 70 assists. He wins. I can't even read that. It's so small. Um, trying to find. Here we go. Uh, in 16-17, he won the Art Ross he won the heart, and he won the Ted Lindsay. <clears throat> the next year, seventeen eighteen, what does he do? He wins the Art Ross and the Ted Lindsay again. This time, he puts up. Uh, where is it? Um, eighteen hundred eight points, even better. Forty one goals, sixty seven assists. He was fifth in the heart voting. Yes. He was 26 of uh, her sulky voting. Uh, the next year, which is last year, won 116 points. Which means... And he didn't even win the heart. He got third. He's fifth in Lady Bing. Uh, four all-star... Four straight all-star appearances or votes. And if you're going by this standard... Um, he's already at 63 points in 41 games. I think he's going to shatter... 
116 points this year. I was actually going to say, because every other year, since he's going up eight points, he's going to get 124 points. I like it. Just because if you look at his stats. Yeah, you're not wrong. He went up eight and then eight again. And, less and then eight g- again. Not even yeah. just this. He did it in less games last year. Yeah. He did it in four less games, and he put up eight more points. And let's not put th- get this out of the way, too. He's doing it himself. Yeah, yeah he has dry settle there and Nugent Hopkins. But, but it's just him. It's just him. He's doing this himself. That's why you need people around you because he has forward. Unfortunately, four hundred thirty-five current points. He's only played three hundred twenty-eight games. He's not even reached four hundred games, and he has over four hundred points. He put up nine points in his one playoff appearance, and that was in. 2016-17. Well, no, I know, but how many games total? 13. 13. 9.13 games. That's nuts. It was ridiculous. He, he has, was electrified. He has six hat tricks. I will put this as not a top five moment, but an, uh, an honorable n- mention. Austin Matthews, four-point game. Yes, you, you have to. That's an honorable mention. But now it's sure. even crazier. He hasn't had a hat trick since. Stop! Are you serious? Yeah. They said I, uh, when you're watching that uh, game, the eight six game, they mentioned that he's only got one hat trick, and it's that first game. That's wild. Goals. And what's even more wild is that Marner doesn't even have. I don't think Marner has a hat trick here. He has to. Nope. That's nuts. But you could also make that an honorable mention too, as well. Not just McDavid, but. The other star players from the 2015 draft. That draft in general. Yeah. Like you said, with the 2003 one, that's getting close to one of the best. Yes. All right, number two. <coughs> oh, did he say number three? Or huh? is it also Connor McDavid? I, it, it has to be because I, yeah. I feel like we're honestly, it's hard to disagree with. Yeah, with, with that. With that, you know, because I think you could, he, he's easily in the top five. Mm-hmm. You could put him at three, if not four. Um. Okay, it's, it's hard. I want to, oh, you know what? I'm not going to put them in the top five. It's going to be honorable mention. Last year's Tampa Bay Lightning, regular season. Okay. They were the best team. Oh, honorable mention, you said. Honorable mention because they didn't do anything in the playoffs. Yeah. That's why they're an honorable mention for me. If they did something, even if they won a round or two, I would put them possibly at number three or two. I'm going to put two for number two. But more so for one team because I want to mm. go with both Washington and St. Louis just because they both won their first. Right. But I want to more say St. Louis, and mainly because of that is, one, St. Louis because they had been here for so long, and that was their first. And two, the little girl. Yes. Lila Anderson, she yeah. got her own ring and everything, and that, that was that's a great, great mention, Mike. And it's um, That's why I put them ahead. I, 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 I like that. And, and it's really remarkable. Also, what helps is and it went to game just seven. That, just St. Louis in general that season. They were yeah. blast. Yeah. Came back. Yeah, no, they, they have to be number two. Yeah. Um. No, that, yeah, because they were 
dead last in the league by January. They're mm-hmm. already in the new year. They're they still start, dead last, and yeah. they came back, roared back. They win it all. Yeah. And it, it's that, that team forever will... will and just yeah. going back to... Unfortunately, going back to Conor McDavid, because of the playoffs, people know who Jonathan Bennington is. Uh, Jordan, Jordan Bennington, Bennington yes. Uh, yeah. Because of how well he played in the playoffs... And that he stole run. Game Seven for them. If McDavid, if they were ever to make the playoffs anytime soon, for Edmonton, they make a deep run. A lot of people are going to say, "Wow, this guy really could be the next Crosby." Gretzky. Not yes, Gretzky just because he's putting up Gretzky-esque numbers. Yes. Because Gretzky. Here's here's why I consider McDavid literally the next Gretzky because he's putting up consecutive. And consistent, you know, wh- not even just 100 that. point I'll seasons. And for Gretzky, his best season, and this will never happen ever in the yeah. history of the league. There's been, I think, if not one, I think a few times, he's put up 200 plus points in a season. I will also not say this too, back in those times, that's a little bigger. Right. And, pad, you know, pads uh, or just... just the, the game's changed. The yeah. speed's changed and everything, but, but still. But I also will say this, too. No ding on uh, Gretzky like, at all. Yeah. But he did have better teams. Absolutely. McDavid's doing it by himself. Yes, which makes it remarkable. Which is similar to Cross because he's kind of had to do it by himself for a little bit there, too. He, he, he's, he had Malkin. He had Malkin, sure, and also Flurry, mm-hmm. but And I guess Latang too. Yeah, Latang, James Neal. At times, yeah. Yeah. But still. He had little pieces and everything. McDavid's all by himself. Yeah. And dry settle now. But but still, so, yeah. Uh, but, but anyways, I don't want to take that away yeah, from no, St. Louis. But good, no, go back to number two, St. Louis. I think that's a great pick. Because um, uh, I, I, I think I've mentioned two honorable mentions. Do you have any honorable mentions you liked before before we talk about number one? Uh, Pittsburgh winning back-to-back. Yeah. No, that that's a great honorable you mention. Can't, you can't, you can't not, deny it. Yeah. Uh, th- th- because but what's even weirder is that they've done it twice. They did it in the nineties. Yeah, and they and did it in the 15, yeah. 16, 17, yeah. yeah. No, that's a great point. I it's so weird. That. Um, and they have five cups overall. They have three from two thousand nine through two thousand seventeen. Yeah. You can't put them in. You can't. Uh, it's it's yeah. not the same as the Blackhawks when they won the three. No, but still. Uh, you could either almost put Chicago at number one. If not, at least at, uh, at an honorable mention for their three cups in six years. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I'm having a, a tough time coming up with my number one. Uh, I don't know. It's. I was actually probably thinking the Blackhawks. That, and, 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 and that's honestly fair to what say. you were saying before is that they were the dynasty. Yeah. You can't deny the dynasty. Yeah. That's a very good point. And. And looking at those cup finals, 2010, that was just mm-hmm. a crazy back and forth final with the Flyers. 13, like I said, the best Stanley Cup final I've seen in years. 2015, still not a bad final with the Lightning. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was a pretty solid final going back and, and forth. Not even just that, because I kind of didn't like Blackhawks before, but that really got more people, I think, not like in the Blackhawks, mm. they're going to win it again for, for the other team just because yeah, they won it so many times. You're like, let's go with the other guy. Yeah, you're not wrong. That's why in that last series when they played the Lightning, like, come on, Lightning. 
but not also even just that the lightning in that series because that was Ben Bishop and Vasilevsky, who people didn't know of. Yes, and Bishop went Bishop, down. Yeah, Bishop in was game hurt. one, and Vasilevsky. He stood on his head. End, that was the start of Vasilevsky. Part of that season, but still, that was the more notoriety notoriety of uh, Vasilevsky. Yeah, and because of that, Bishop's was traded to L.A., and now he's in Dallas. Yeah. And why, you can also argue why these are great moments, too, is uh, Jordan Bennington, an honorable mention. Yeah, not no. Just that, because similar to, ben- or not Bennington, uh, uh, Vasilevsky, kind of came out of nowhere. He did. He was the backup in their AHL team. He was, I think, like a third-string backup. Like yeah. He, yeah. And now he's their starter and got a new contract. Yeah, rightfully so. And, uh, yeah. But I'm trying to think of, there's, I, I think you're right about the number one. You can't, you deny, can't deny it. Just like I, you can't deny Pittsburgh with their back-to-back cups. Yeah. Can't deny the dynasty. That's why I put them in honorable mention. Just cause. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, but I, I think the reason why I put L.A. above Pittsburgh's, even though Pittsburgh's is impressive because it's, Yes. You mean Chicago or No, I said LA. Oh, LA. I like four, I think. But LA is because it was right. Right. Between. I think those yeah. were better. And that's fair. And plus so. even in Oh no, I, I was thinking never mind. Because in twenty fifteen it was the Ducks who played Chicago in the conference finals, that's what it was. I will say this too. Yeah. Even though they had like the same winner and some of those ones. Yeah. They're highly I entertaining. I feel like every one of those, the opponent always changed. Mm-hmm. And since the Black or the Penguins, obviously, I mean, you know, obviously it's not going too far back. Yeah. But it's always been a different team. And the teams in the finals always been different. Because the last time you saw Boston was 2013. That was five, six years. Never saw, you, you hadn't seen the Blues in like 70 years or whatever it was. And I run, and that was the other thing I did love about the Bruins Blues matchup. Ca- it was a Capitals. rematch yeah. of the famous matchup when Bobby Orr scored yeah. his famous goal. Caps Vegas. That was a that turned to be a great series, even though that was in five. Yeah, that was a great, great series. That was a great playoffs. Yes, it was. It was awesome. And let's just see. Uh, just looking forward to the next couple yeah. years. Look at the talent that's there. I think you're going to see a lot more playoff series like we saw last year. Yeah. Where, I mean, obviously every year you could say once the playoffs come around, you can't really really focus that much on the season because it's completely different. But yeah, I think more so you can say that. Because once the teams are in, they're in. And I think the top teams that are right now are mm-hmm. probably going to be the teams that are battling. Right around there. Mm-hmm. And what's even weirder is that there could be five Metro teams this year. Yeah, I, I think they really will. I hope it doesn't happen because I kind of rooting for Florida a bit, but who knows. Right. So let's quickly, Jeffrey, before we get to the Flyers. One bad thing. Um. Honestly. It's a lockout. For me. It has to be the lockout, yeah. You shortened your season. You well, all right, I'll, I'll put it this way. Um, 
Yes, the lock. It's honestly, it's a tie for me. It's between the lockout because you didn't lose the whole season. You lost mo- a lot of it. Lost most of it because it didn't start. I think until January. Like this year. Yeah. Or the January. So I'll put it this way: you, although you lost most of the season, I think it's a tie between that and I. Kn- and this sounds biased, but literally the NHL Department of Player Safety oh, and yeah. the NHLPA. Look, they've significantly they've significantly the dropped in being yeah. from relatively decent to their decisions mm-hmm. to absolutely horrifying and absolutely disgraceful to the league. Mm-hmm. They're ruining players' lives and their health. Yes. They want these stars and players to be healthy. They're failing to do that. They're failing their players and they're risking yeah. their lives. I thought there's a code number one and that's those two. That's it, yeah. But let's not even just think about that for how bad the twenty thirteen lockout was. Yes. The 0-6-14, or 0506. 0506. Or no, 0405. This didn't even happen. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It sucks that it, this is the one sport that's like really fun to watch, you could argue. That's obviously coming from us. A little biased. The but fact that. That you, at times, you guys can't come together, and it's kind of annoying you didn't go too much higher in your. Uh, Season cap this season, but mm-hmm. that's a different podcast. Uh, anyways, do you want to do flyers on this, or do you just want to talk we flyers? We can do flyers on this. Okay. So obviously, there was a lot of uh, mixture of good and bad for the flyers. Um, and here's the biggest thing that yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize: Claude Giroux is the longest tenure Philadelphia uh, sports. I love that. In Philadelphia. Claude Giroux. Who a lot of people rather like getting on, but he has to be the best <coughs> thing that's happened to the Flyers team in this decade, in the last 10 years. Yeah. And honestly, here's the funny thing is, he showed up in 2010, not even just 2010, maybe a little... No, in, about 2010. Yeah, 2010. Well, not just that, I'm saying more of the playoffs. Because well, he had a pretty a couple of pretty... Well, the reason why I say 2010 is because literally he was essentially almost a rookie that year, too. Mm-hmm. He was, if not a first-year player, he was a second-year player. Because he was briefly up in 08-09, got sent back down one or two times. But the, once it's 2010, he kind of just stuck. Oh, uh, yeah. He played uh, 42 games in 08-09. Yeah. All eight in 9-10. Yeah. So like once 08-09 hit, once he came back from... He put up 47 points in his first year. 16 goals, 31 assists. Yeah. And not just that. Look, at, I'm, He did really well in the playoffs, too. He did. And 23 games, he had 21 points. He had 10 goals and 11 assists. Yeah. Wow. He doesn't get appreciated enough. No, he doesn't. What's even funnier is that... Just like Carson West does in the Eagles. And 10 and 11, uh, he had 11 assists. One goal, 11 assists. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, it's crazy, but <coughs> it, he rightfully, des- rightfully so deserves that C when it first came to him. Yeah. And rightfully just so has it now. Because now the big thing for, I think, when he first got it was that it was the last year, yeah. No, just uh, him being the captain said he's not really the best. Right. Talking to the media and everything. He's playing does the... Because when it yeah. was... Briere was still here. Yeah. Beca- and Briere was so much better at... 
doing that, and I guess more so probably the locker room at that point. You could again, argue. well, here's the he other was thing. More, he was more of a veteran at that point, so you would think. But still, that was the end of Breer's playing career for Philly. True. He got bought out at the end of that season. True. Um, but, yeah. Uh, but he did get a lot. I think that whole Flyers team got right leadership from Pronger. Yes. That, that and that helps. little time they had him. It, it greatly showed. Yeah. Uh, and not even just in that playoffs. In yeah. that playoffs and everything. For I know. The 2010 playoffs. All right. So, I guess, did you want to do like best and worst moments for top five for Philly last decade? Okay. So, no, number five, honestly. Are you doing best for, let's do worst first. Let's do best. worst first. Okay. Let's do happy then. The bad. Um, let's do the bad first and the happy. I really think. Number, number five f- is Chris Pronger. His injury? His injury. Yeah. That, that cha- sh- forever changed the dynamic of the Philadelphia Flyers. You could feel the whole franchise change. That moment that happened. that. I think it changed the NHL. Yeah. Because it got in the eye. And bef- I'm sure that happened before. Because you, if you noticed, more players started wearing visors. More players got visors. I think it became more mandated too. To it did. Fires, uh, visors. Because again, it wasn't anything that was vicious. Vicious. It was a it was a follow through shot by Mikhail Gr- uh, but you're like Grabowski. and then it's like, whoa, that little thing could kill a career. It did. I mean, he probably only had a couple years left to begin with. Um, even before I, that, I'd say even before that injury, he had injuries before then. No, so. I know. I'd say he at least had a solid three to to four years, mm-hmm. depending on injury. Yeah. But still, yeah. a lot of this changes if he doesn't get that injury. Yeah. That happened in 2011, right? 2011, 2012. Because he didn't play in the Winter Classic that year. He didn't. Did he play in the playoffs that year? Oh, no. Because no. of the injury, right? Yeah. The Flyers probably could have made it to another round if he was there. That's what I'm saying. Because Imagine that, if 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 he was there. As great as that series was in 2012 against the Penguins, it would have been over a lot faster. It killed the Flyers like physically. It did because that next series, New Jersey, pretty much just. Well, not only that, but they underestimated New Jersey. Yeah. Um. But th- here's my thing. I did. If too. Pronger was there, the it could se- have been the, a different. It would have been over in five for the Flyers Penguins season, and not just series. that. And they would have. Probably shut down New Jersey. Probably, and also this, the scrum at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. You probably might not have happened, or there might have been times where it probably would have cooled off a little more because Pronger was on the ice. Because mm-hmm. it's Chris Pronger. Yeah, and you don't want to mess with him. No. no, no, no. <laughs> uh, but my fa- so I th- yes. my favorite memory from Chris Pronger is everyone getting pissed because he would always take the puck. Yeah, <laughs> in the playoffs. That's my. That's the best. Um, there's a great video online of basically if you. But just, let's not even yeah. just as bad as that was. Teeman really did step up after that. He did. As a leader, as a as a defenseman. defenseman, yeah. You know he 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 did his job. Um, but you know Pronger, he he that was a that was a big loss. Yeah. And that literally, because of that, the Flyers changed their probably their draft strategy. Mm-hmm. That's why they took so many defensemen. Like the next like four years after that. Um. All right, number four. Well, is that your number five? 
Chris Pronger? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Number four. Um. These are worse ones, right? Yes. Ilya Bezgalov's contract. That's fair. I think we're still paying that off. We it's probably still somewhere. Are. Yep, it's still there until 2025, 2026. Uh, of course. Yep. Thanks, Homer. Yeah. Yeah, you can p- be an honorable. You can be an honorable one <laughs> for the, some of the contracts he put out there. But uh, that's about. He didn't uh, put it this way. I know a lot of Flyers fans, I'm sure, kill Brzezgalov because of how poor he played and some of the very, very easy goals he let by. Um, but he was just a fun guy. <laughs> but he was not worth that contract at all. No. Which is even funnier because I'm pretty sure he still has the longest Flyers shutout streak. Or one of the top shutout streaks for one yeah, of those which is hard to believe. It is, but there was a little time where he did really well. Um, but hey, let's. I'm just thinking about this. I didn't uh, know this. Yeah, he kept playing until 2014, 2015. Yeah, because he's with the Wild. Yeah, he finished with uh, Anaheim. Oh, and, and he played with Anaheim. That's right. And had two less. Two um, less. which I mean that was cut probably the best because he started his career with. Anaheim, so I'm sure that's where he won it. Yeah. He won the cup with them. Yeah. So um, I'm going to play. That's honestly why the Flyers did that. Yeah. It's because, oh, he was part of the cup winning team. Well, he's a backup. He was the backup, but still. But again, And he was the Vesna w- winner. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. No, no. I think that's certainly a good one. Um, I think an honorable mention you could argue is trading away. Uh, uh, Bobrovsky. Yeah, that that's a really underrated moment. It is, but I will also say this. As bad as that trade was, Steve Mason wasn't bad. No, he wasn't. Goalie. He was good. He was good. As good as the Flyers goalies can get. It. That's fair. Yeah. Um, What's yours? So, I, I, uh, I honestly want to say well, I'm going to give number four and an honorable mention. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, for Paul Holmgren. Okay. As an absolute yeah. crapshoot of a GM. A GM. One of the worst I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. He made some decisions. He made trading a young version of JVR mm-hmm. who was coming off of a heck of a year. For, for a Luke trash Shen. can yeah. and Luke Shen, who never lives up to expectations, no. who never remotely came close to being a worthy number one pick. No. That was an awful decision. Trading away Sergei Bobrovsky. The contracts. The contracts. He almost, he almost screwed us over for right now if we would have gotten Shea Weber. Exactly. Unless I just... Trading, no, uh, I trading get, for I, Andrew McDonald. I, I get the moves he made because he wanted to compete. Yes. You can get it in that sp- sense. But, but the league was so much different then. Some of the contracts then were oh my wow, gosh, it really was bad. Ridiculous. We Which is con- why it goes back to Connor McDavid's personality and his person as a uh, character. Yes. And that he took less money than what he was going to get. Oh, yeah. Because he said, I don't want this much no. money. No. Because he knew the pressure would have put on him yeah. to perform. 
but exactly. still. Uh, the other thing, the contracts. Signing Andrew McDonald to that massive contract by yeah. being another human trash can. Yeah. All these contracts, a lot of these trades made no sense. Yeah, they were bad. Fire Peter Laviolette. Yeah. Did that. Uh, that was a mistake. Um, there's a lot of them. Yeah. Honorable mention, though. Losing Mr. Snyder. Yeah, that was a bad one. Uh, I mean, we they knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. It still hurt because you know the founder and just the, the it's not even just that, but he brought a lot more than just being an owner. Exactly. And not even just he, and not only that, but um, I want to say it was the Capitals. Possibly, there's in, in one in uh, one of the many documentaries for Philadelphia for regarding the Flyers. Um, he ended up helping out i think the washington capitals in lending the money mm-hmm. to help get their team started yeah that just shows what kind of person he, wasn't he was just, it wasn't just hockey he was right he, he, a great as a person he was remarkable for the, the league Ed and everything. snyder youth yeah. foundation mm-hmm. mr snyder did so much and he, he and his up, legacy will always last, move on as we talked about in our last podcast continue yeah he stuck up for some of these guys yes no he, matter what he'd he, go he, down to the ref's locker room and say you don't do that yeah when Claude Giroux was struggling, he invited him to lunch. Yeah. Um, I think it was his first year after being named captain or something. He said, look, oops, there goes my mic. He invited him to lunch, and he you know, had a very long mm-hmm. one-on-one conversation and talked about trying to get his confidence back, trying to be, make him a better person, captain, than he already was, and said, like, look, you know, you got this you know, type of thing, and I believe in you, and that just goes to show what type of person you. He goes out of his way to take care of his players, and the players gave him that respect hard right to get back. That back. Yeah, yeah, and that that was a big one for me. Yeah, and the classic thing they did was dedicating not only the rest of that season mm-hmm. but the following season to him as well. Yes, that was a classic. Game. Yes, um, three. We're at three. Hmm. I'm going many. to say the McDonald contract. Yeah, I'm, that, contra- that I'm do- doing a contract again, but that was really that. Bad. That was a big that one. That was a really bad one. Not only just that, it's that he wasn't a terrible defenseman when we required him. No, but he wasn't a top. No, I, I think the role that you put him in it did not help. No, if you put him as a bottom six defenseman, that's fine. Yeah, but you, you put, put him as a top four him, defenseman. You paid him as a top. Uh, the uh, top pair, yes. the shutdown pair. Which he's not. He's not. He wasn't, and he's not. Because what? I just for crying's sake, and they finally got rid of him. Just yeah. But for crying's sake, let's look at that contract. Six years, thirty million. Signed in twenty fourteen fifteen. Out. Ugh. It's like five. Five million a year. Yeah. Rightfully so. I will say this. Both Niskanen and Provorov deserve the contract they have. Yes. <laughs> Not that the Flyers gave Niskanen his contract, but... Because they're actually a shutdown pair, which McDonald was not. Especially at that point in his career, either. That's my three. What's yours? Or are you going with that one as well? You could argue it. 
Um, but I guess he kind of put that with Holmgren. Yeah. So that's my number four still. Uh, number three. I mean, I think it kind of goes hand in hand with the Holmgren contracts, but if I didn't already, I'm actually going Ilya Brzezgalov at number three for me. Okay. He was projected to be the number one guy. He was. He was too much of a head case. The Philly media ate him alive. Yeah. That's the one thing that was with him because when he was in Anaheim and oh my Arizona. God. You not, could tell. Yeah. Which is what we say all the time about playing in New York. Yeah. And Philadelphia, Boston, these are the worst cities to kind of play in. Yeah. And, and especially he, if you're struggling. If, right. you're, if you're doing well, you'll get, obviously, the praise yeah. and everything. But when you're not, that's when you kind it's of— It's just like the up. fans. The fans yeah. of the media, they'll eat you alive if you're not prepared. Briz- and and, and Briscoliff, unfortunately, never had to deal with that as much. So no, coming here was not great. He and was not prepared for it. Unfortunately, 24-7— uh, that didn't help either. That didn't really help either, but that did make him a fan favorite. It did. It made him a fan favorite for his personality. Yes. And that you, when you would say you hate him because of the like leaky goals he would let up or anything, yeah. you're just like, oh, he's just su- such a nice guy. Yeah, he's right. He's a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> and he still goes to, fl- I s- uh, it was like a couple or season or two ago, he's still going to Flyers. Yeah, games. I know. He just got a regular seat. He was just sitting in the seats. Um, I will say this, though. Just you have to have your own kind of personality yeah. and also be able to handle the Philly media. Perfect example again, Chris Pronger. You didn't really want to mess with him, or no, we, because he would play mind games with you. It was that, and also Chris Pronger had been around for a while, right? And knew what to expect. Yes. So, but he was just a menacing force, and it's like even if you ask like a an interesting or a weird yeah. question, he would kind of poke fun at you. Yep. And it's like, all right, well, now I don't want to bug him type he's of thing. But and not only just the best, he's literally working for the league now. Yeah. He started working for the league while I was still with the Flyers. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he's been with Florida still. No, I meant uh, oh. when he was hurt, but still yeah. under contract with the Flyers. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. League. Um, but, yeah, so. But, you know, just, just for Briz, and, and there's, you know, a lot of weird situations like. Yeah, you know, there's like reports of him, like uh, I think, like falling asleep in meetings and everything. Yeah. And uh, his comments did not help a lot post game and also pre game stuff. Like uh, days before the Winter Classic, he was mentioning he was going to sit on the bench, enjoy drinking out of his thermos, you know, and drinking his hot tea and mm-hmm. it's stuff like that. It did not help. Um, you know, because uh, there's a Spit and Chicklets episode recently, uh, a podcast with Jake Voracek, and uh, and he, he met, and the, the guys from Spit and Chicklets asked uh, Jake Voracek about uh, Briz, you know, and mm-hmm. what that was like, and he said it, it definitely was a little weird, weird, uncomfortable feeling, and yeah. not many guys really appreciated Briz's comments, and yeah, yeah, but he he became he became a distraction. He did. And I'm sure you could argue. Briz Golub's the reason why you could argue Livey Light got fired. Oh, yeah. Um, and not just that, because you still had a Bobrowski who was young. Mm-hmm. He's not the Bobrowski he is now. No. But he was still a young, upcoming young goalie you had. And uh, obviously, Livey Lett knew that. He had him start the, that 
uh, Winter Classic, Classic and and I think he started. He the got some, uh, I don't know if he started. He got some playoff starts though. Yeah. But unfortunately, he was still developing and everything then. And then he had Briscoff, who would always play by a leaky goal. So, and unfortunately, that's gonna be my number two, Jeffrey. I said my number three, right? Yeah, that was three. Uh, we're on two now. Yeah. Uh, firing par- uh, Peter Laviolette. That's my number two. That, I think, um, that could certainly be an honorable mention, but if anything, I that could be pretty high on the list. He did such a great job with the team. He was a heck of a coach. He still is. Yeah. Um, yeah it's I kind of wish he would have given a, at least a bigger leash that year. Yeah. But Again, because it's... I don't know. It's it's a very tough. That's a tough thing. It's a tough one. I don't yeah. know. I hate to lose him, but look at the guys he had since. I know. He had Hackstall and then. Scott Gordon for a little bit. I guess you could put Hackstall in there. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, Hackstall has to be an honorable mention. If anything, honestly, I think I'll, I'll do this. Lavillette is my honorable argue, mention. Hackstall is number two for me. You could also put an argument. Uh, one for Ruby. You could. And not just that, it's that uh, even Laviolette, too, had tr- time struggling with goaltending, obviously, but both Haxtell and Ruby hurt Mason because they yeah. were playing them too much. Yeah. They didn't understand. And Ruby didn't get the best out of Couture yet because he only put him in the defensive zone. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think yeah. you make a good point for Haxtell being number two. <laughs> you know, Haxtell's number two for me. There's too many decisions that he made that didn't yeah, make with sense. The young players too. It, it was an awful. His re- his way of like dealing with players that were struggling was just all right. Yeah, we're just gonna sit you. And that was kind of it. Number one's a hard one. Oh, uh, I know what my number one yep. is. Goaltending. Oh, I wasn't even thinking that. My number one's goaltending because you haven't had great goaltending. That's fair. You had okay to... Yeah, you had bad to okay goaltending. I will say that's an honorable mention because that's definitely a biggie. Number one. The way the cup final ended. That's In easily my number one. Yeah. Easily my number one. Mm-hmm. That hurt the most... Still to this day, I cannot watch that replay. Until the Philadelphia Flyers win a Stanley Cup, I refuse to watch that replay of Patrick Kane's goal. Every time I see the replay, I shut it off. I it, it literally, mm-hmm. I hate that replay so much. The way that game ended. Yeah. It. I'll put it this way: if it was a regular goal, goal. Yeah. Even if it was like the Adam Henrique goal against the Rangers, okay, I can accept that. Mm-hmm. The way it ended, though, it, no, it, I, I'm sorry, it, it, it can't, it can't end like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm changing my list. My number two is goaltending. That's gonna be my number yes, one. Yes, you're yeah. welcome. That that was a bad one to swallow, but uh, more so because it was at home. But that too, but it's just that was a heartbreaking. That was a heartbreaking way one, to but end. Also, this too, because there was a season. little time that there was like 
I think we could, could potentially come back a little bit here. Well, here's the thing. Because not just that, because Drew had a great goal at one that point. That was amazing, yes. <laughs> uh, I'll put it this way. If it wasn't for Joel Quenville being a smart, the smart coach he was, because uh, a friend of mine, Scoop Cooper, is a hockey historian. Yeah. He said if Joel Quenville did not change his lineup after game three, the Flyers would have won the cup probably. Probably, yeah. Because the way that Joel Quenville rebounded after game three and said, okay, I need to change up my lineup. They still lost game four, but they came back, dominated game five. I think they they scored six goals. Yeah. And in game six, obviously, OT. But um, still, the way they changed their lineup, that was a yeah. big one. And also this for the Flyers, gone back to goaltending. Yeah. Then they had to go back to Leighton because Boucher got hurt. Yeah. That was the big thing on that season, too. Goaltending. Yeah, it was. They Not went just, through four goalies, I think, yeah, that year. Ray Emery. Uh, Brian Boucher. Michael Ray. Layton even went down himself earlier in the year. Uh, uh, Backland. Uh, I forget his last... Uh, yeah, but it's just... It's not the same as last year's. The many goals the players could use, mm-hmm. but still. Hey, credit to Boosh. If it wasn't for Boosh, yeah, would have made it in. So I, let's go to the happy Jeff. Okay, I, honestly, number five. I, it's that been so sa- depressing. That save from yes, Boucher. it's been so depressing that I forgot we still have the happy yeah. list to get to. Yeah, the Boucher at number five. The Boosh, the save yep. in the shootout. Boosh, and, and then his celebration. Oh, that that was just remarkable. That whole shootout. Yeah, came down to game eighty two. It came down to game eighty two. It went all the way to, to a shootout, shootout of, of all things. And Breer and Drew, and, and this story has been told many times, they were talking to each other literally like the night before mm-hmm. about shootout moves, saying, oh, like what if this goes to a shootout? Because right, for, for the longest time, Drew and Breer were really close. Yeah. They were running together and everything. They lived together, yeah. yeah. Um, they, they sent out a, a postcard that year where it said, uh, Merry Christmas from... Uh, I think it was like the Briews mm-hmm. or something like that. It was Claude and and uh, Danny and yeah, and the and kids. Yeah. Uh, but it it was great. But um, yeah, no, that save, yeah. that shootout. It was oh my god, it was, and that was the beginning of that epic run. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started paying attention to Flyers more too, because I it's one of those moments like you always had those moments like where were you when this happened? Oh yeah. I was in the Applebee's that was close. That's closed. Right nice. Here. We were. Uh, I don't know why we were out. We were out to dinner for some reason. Yeah. And the game was just on. Nice. We weren't even watching. We were watching the overtime. I was like, okay, let's just keep watching. Yeah. This. And then we left and then watched it at home. Nice. There you go. I was with my brothers and my dad. We were in our living room. I feel like, and I was standing for this moment, mm-hmm. and I felt like I was. I've been standing for a lot of the great Philadelphia sports moments in recent as you, memory, yeah. as I do. And you kind of can tend to get into these games. Yes. yes. <laughs> and after that save, we were just running around the house going nuts. It was awesome. It was great. Uh, and we were just, you know, we were just chanting. We're going to the playoffs and just um, and it, it was awesome. We were, we were celebrating. It, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, number four. Sean Couturier. That is an underrated Moment of the decade. If it wasn't for that Jeff Carter trade, yeah. the Flyers would have not had Jake Voracek and Sean Couturier. And Wayne Simmons. 
Well, that was the brain. Sh- the, no, that was the other one. The still, right creature trade, but still. If you're saying both trades that you make. Right. But yeah. But still, Sean Couturier as a whole, though, look at the impact he's had since arriving in Philly and how much of a player he's not grown. Not even just that. <clears throat> he, did the, uh, he was the opposite of Brzezgalov, who just mentioned, but the Philadelphia media. Yeah. They went on him easy. Everyone hated, for some reason, Couturier because yeah. he wasn't putting up offensive numbers. Not even close. I'm sure he had his little devoted fans. I was one of them. Yeah. I've always been a Couturier fan. Yeah. And I'm so glad that he finally got an A. Me too. And now that he's fi- – and not even just that. You want to know how bad of a coach you could argue Hackstall was? Yeah. Sean Couturier went to him and said, can you play me more on offensive minutes? And since then, his offensive numbers have been phenomenal. He scored the, uh, last night as well. But yeah, he's very underrated. He oh, is absolutely. absolutely going to win the Selkie at some point. He needs to. It, it, it's if the Flyers <coughs> make the playoffs this year. I'm gonna put this right now. I'll put money. Um, I'll put money on it, Jeffrey. All right. Couturier will win the Selkie. This year? Yeah. And if All he right. does, I'm going to be a really rich dude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love it. Um, honestly, it's... <clears throat> I- I'm going to put... Mention uh, yeah, Couturier number, here. Okay. But it, again, it's going back to number those four. trades. Okay. On June 23rd, 2011, that's my number four moment. Okay, those trades. The, the trades. Mike Richards, your captain, your franchise leader, basically. Mm-hmm. He gets traded to the LA Kings, and everyone's like, what the heck? Oh, my God. Like, are you serious? What is going on? Get uh, Braden Shen, who's a top prospect, and Wayne – who? Wayne Simmons? Yeah. He's played only a couple of games. Who's a, a former second – and I'm like, what the heck? Minutes later, Jeff Carter to so, Columbus. For one of your best scorers? A, the eighth overall pick, and Jake Forge, and like a second or third have pick. A, I have a theory on this. Yes. Because – that previous year was when they played Buffalo, right? Yes, 2010, 2011, yes. I think they were moved because, for me, I felt both Carter and Richards did not show up in that playoffs. There, there was, there was there a lot of reasons. where they didn't show. There was a lot of reasons why they were moved. Yeah. That came I, out I, later, I, but yeah. Right. No, I know where you're going at, so... I'm just showing... I'm going more on play. Right. And the crunch times. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, and also just playing wise in general, yeah. though, there was times where, and this kind of involves Laviolette. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was, um, d- again, going back to Ben Chekos, there's the Mike Richards interview uh, within the last month or so. He mentions Laviolette. There's the whole dry island thing, and that's obviously different. But on and off the ice, Laviolette essentially viewed Chris Pronger as the captain of the team. And so him and, and, and Richie, I know, didn't have uh, – at least it seems to me didn't have the best relationship. Um, Honestly, to me, especially but playing wise, the years in Philadelphia, yeah. that's probably the right call. Yeah. Go Pronger with the, thinking as your captain more yeah. than Richards. One, Pronger's been around longer. Mm-hmm. And two, <clears throat> since then, 
uh, Richards was more of like, and I think they even came out both. Richards and Carter were more interested in like partying and everything. Right. There's they that, were more interested yeah. in being like the superstar. Yeah. Kind of thing. And it, it's yeah. There there's a lot of reasons I think that yeah, Richards and that, Carter were traded. That is a very important move. That yes. They made. Because again, so Carter he's getting up there in age. Richards uh, unfortunately is out of the league, but. Voracek, who now, by the way, with his uh, second assist last night scheme, he has 370 assists. He now passes Eric Lindros and Rick McLeish for sixth on the all-time Flyers list. He's another one that Flyers get on a lot because he's just not going to score as much. Right. But he'll still put up the points. He puts up a lot of assists. Yes. As shown by that stat. (laughs) And let's not forget about this. You did, I guess you could say you lost two kind of fan favorites and uh, uh, Carter and Richards, but you gained a new one and Wayne Simmons. Obviously yes. you just lost him, but he quickly became a fan, uh, fan favorite. Obviously he stuck up for guys. Uh, he'd always do the happy, the father, like happy father, mm-hmm. whenever this like, young guy got into a fight or anything. Yeah. He'd always be the first one you see. It sucks he's not here anymore, but yeah. He was another good part of this. All right. Number three. Oh. Um. I'm going to say the resurgence of Claude Giroux. Yeah. Jeez, definitely left, on that list. Le- moving him to left <coughs> wing. Oh, okay. I like wing. it. Because we already know how great Claude Giroux was. Yes. Or is. But obviously kind of since the last time they made it to the second round, kind of struggled a bit. Obviously, we talked before about Ed Snyder talking to him about some of his struggles and everything. The one smart move Haxwell actually made was putting him on the wing. Yeah, that was the only move I will ever, ever applaud Dave Haxwell for. Mm Mm-hmm. Because Drew found his game again. He had a 100-point season. 100 and 2, to yeah. be exact. Yes. And he can still take face-offs, too. Mm-hmm. We're seeing now, because of, like, I'm sure, I might have had before, but since, I've noticed some more, more centers, two centers on the line in the league. And it's fun to see Couturier take the reins of being the number one center. And you can't deny that first pair, that first mm. line. Jeru, Kajuria, Konechny. That's a filthy line. Yeah. They actually put them together. That's different all the time, but still, that's a filthy line. What's yours? We're number three, right? Yes, sir. Um... <coughs> Actually, I'll probably say this. Yeah. Claudru in general at number three. Okay. Because I have I know what I know what my number two and one are gonna be. I, I have an idea what my number two and one are gonna be. They're probably gonna be extremely similar. Yeah. Um trying to think. Yeah. Uh, 
This is tough. It is. There, there's been so many great moments. I will say, honorable mention is Elena Bingo. Yes. It's a little early, but, so I, early, I, th- but I think I like what I like. I love what I see from him so yeah. far. Um, He'll call out. You know, okay, okay, I got one. Number three, Ron Hextall. That's a good one. That's a good one, Jeffrey. Yeah, he's my honorable mention, but yeah, he's a good one. Number three, Hexy. I got you. So, although there's been some bad, but some bad, obviously, there's been some great. Yeah. He drafts he Morgan Frost. He drafts Joel Farabee. He drafts Cam York. He signs Phil Myers. He, he drafts Travis Konechny, Ivan Provorov, Travis Sanheim. He signed Ghost to a great deal. A great deal yes, for the Yes, he signed these, all, a lot of these guys to great deals. He's drafted Morgan Frost. Obviously, Provorov and them. Yep. Uh, yeah, and Konechny. Konechny, yep, mentioned. Patrick um, Lindblom. Patrick Oscar Lindblom in the fifth round. By the way, Oscar, if you are listening to this, please get better. We need you. Yeah, he starts his treatment next week. By the way, he does. Just God bless that kid. I feel. Yeah. S- I still feel god awful for him, man. Oh, he also found Carter Hart. He did. Carter Hart, our savior. And not just Carter Hart. He found about four or five other goalies. Really good potential goalies. Yeah. So Ron Hextall, even though three. he had, he did have some. He did yeah. get some rocks in there. Anchors, yes. you could argue. The deal we signing was bad, yeah. The big thing he did was fixing the stuff from Holmgren. Cap yes. reasons and smart contracts. Yes. Absolutely. So that's my number three. Yep. All right, number two. Uh, I'm going with the 2012 playoffs. Yep, that's exactly what I had. Claude Giroux was electrifying that year. That was just a fun series. It was no was better series, you know, because we had the April 1st matchup against the Pens. That was such an angry game. It was, an and then to top it off, oh, who do you play? The Pittsburgh Penguins, your arch rival in the first round. Mm-hmm. Was that the one where? No, I'm sorry, that's a different one. Ah. I was thinking of when the Flyers played the Rangers for a second. No. When Mason gets hurt in one of the last games that he didn't have to play in. That was he had 2014. to go to Ray, Ray Emery. Yeah. That was 2014. Yeah. I hated that one. Yeah, no, me too. Yeah. But yeah, that that was a really fun series. That was. That also, can we just appreciate the fact that Yammer Yager was on that on that team? Oh yeah, that was the research that was the research of uh Yammer Yager. Yeah, Yogs. Him, Scott Harden, and Claude Giroux were insane together. Mm-hmm. They was made that, Hartzell, Har- was that the year? Hmm. We still have Billy Leno then, right? Or was that no. after Leno? That was after Leno because he his last year with this was 2011. Right, because then he signed with Buffalo really, to yeah, a huge deal. Yeah. Because yeah. that was another good. I guess you could eh, maybe not all. Honorable that. mention. I'll mention the Breer, Hartnell, yeah. and Leno line. Mm-hmm. That line was remarkable during 2010. Yeah. In 2011. Yep. Um, okay, obviously number one. Which is the reason why Lano got that contract. Yes, exactly. They were the whole reason why he got that contract. Also because he helped. Here's another honorable mention. Yes. The Flyers power play, and not just the Flyers power play, but the one-timer that the Drew one-timer. gave. It helped with uh, Hartnell, Hartsey. Shen. And Shen. Yeah. They tried and it with a little bit of. 
Could it's hard a little bit with Cor- Kutu- uh, Kutz. Yeah. Yeah. But that was a deadly. That was that deadly. was deadly. Yeah. Uh, but more so with more so with uh, Hartnell. Hartnell. But oh, he picked up. Shen was good at that too. He he picked up the pace. Yeah. Number one, I think we're all expecting it. 2012, 2010 run. Sorry. I was going to just say, not just the, just the run, but actually the series in Boston. Well, right, but I'm saying the run as a total. Oh, yeah. Because you have to include the Boston mm-hmm. series, obviously, in there. But just start, you know, like we mentioned earlier, the shootout with Boosh. That was the one time where I'm like, I re- that's the one person I do wish got a cup with. Yeah, Boosh. Oh, Briere? Yeah. Oh, yeah, me too. And it's Boosh, but yeah, he did. Yeah, for Briere, that was another one where, like, I really hope Gagne gets a cup. Yeah. At some point. He got his cup, yeah. He really helped us. Yeah. Because he got the game winning goal. And know what's even better about that game? Yeah. In Boston? It didn't even go to overtime. I know. It didn't go to overtime. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You think with a game where you come back like that, you win it in overtime. That game has happened in the 60 minutes. And not just that, it just shows you the difference between how Bruce Cassidy's then mm-hmm. Blackhawks was and what you said with uh, uh, Q, where he mm. changed up the lines. That was... Um, and that helped the Blackhawks. I don't really think... I can picture his name. I can't... Quinville? No, for uh, uh, Boston. Yeah, it was Bruce Cassidy. No. no not Bruce, uh, Claude Julian, sorry. Claude Julian, thank you. Yeah, Claude Julian was then. Uh, they did win eventually, eventually with uh, Claude Julian the next year, but still. And again, you say that you'll for, uh, you'll watch that or you'll forgive it if the Flyers ever win. Mm-hmm. I don't think Bruins fans have ever forgiven. Hell no, not even close. Not even close. Not even close. Even for they'll how well, never forgive even him. Even for how well Tuca played in this last playoffs. They'll never forgive him. Yeah, Ever. I guess they did one with Tim Thomas, too. Still, they will never forgive him <laughs> until if he wins a cup. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. You knew I was going with that, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> And that Montreal series was fun too. That's always one that is about, an that awesome series. Yeah. And and not only that, but the Flyers dominated that whole series six nothing, then four nothing in the first two games alone. That was the start of Price too. I know Halak started those games, but I think Price was the backup. He was. Yeah. Here's the funny I thing could is be wrong, but I think he might have started one of the games. He Price. did. Yeah. Uh, he also came in to back up a Halak. He's, he was getting shelled. Yeah. First game. And it was funny because after he made a save, the fans in Philly, uh, the the sarcastic cheering, and he raised his hands like, "Hey, you know." <laughs> but here's the thing, Mike, uh, my brother Mike and I, um, when we were watching that game, Mike was telling me about Price, and he's like, "I he's like I thought they had this number one goalie coming up, and clearly, like he he's he looks like he's spooked, you know, and because uh, I think Price did get some action, but he didn't." play all that well uh but no that during his early well, years he, he struggled great he did but he obviously didn't start out like vasilevsky did yeah he stu- like he actually came in and played really well for he the did. lightning when he had to yeah 
Bryce shortly after showed he's the best, if not one of. Yeah. In the league right now. Yes. Um, because yeah. he, like I said earlier in the podcast, um, he really makes or breaks the Canadian season. Mm-hmm. And you could also argue when the uh, Devils won or came close to winning, uh, Brodeur helped. Yeah. Despite being a lot older, though, He's he looked like vintage yeah. Marty Brodeur there. He did against the Flyers, at least. Yeah. He had a lot of crazy saves. And I was just doing commercials for Enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, they crack me up. They are some of the best commercials ever. Yeah. It sucks that next year, it's going to be 10 years since that team. Oh, my God. They were just getting over it. It's been 10 years since the fly- the Phillies lost that World Series against the Yankees. But next year, it's 10 years since the Flyers. Since that run. I'm sad now. I will say this, though, because I always see it ha- or come mm. up. I don't know if we said it on this podcast yet. Mm. Was Claude Drew, going back to him for a second. Yes. Do you think they retire his number? It's possible. Because there's been a lot of great flyers. But for Drew... The last Drew, one to get it was obviously Lindros a couple yes. years ago. But he'll obviously go into the hall. The Flyers Hall of Fame. That, yes. Retiring hit a number, it's such a big deal. It is, but if you also look at his points, too, he's getting up there, Flyers points. Right, because I want to look up his stats all time. He has 789 points in his career. But I want to specifically look up, like... Drew is fourth in points in Flyers history. Drew is second. He's not going to catch it, but he's second in assists to Bobby Clark. Bobby Clark had 852. That's why I say he's probably not going to catch it. Drew have five, has 542. Do you know I find so hard to believe? Is that Bill Barber is the all-time leading goal scorer for the Flyers with 420 goals. G is 10 there. He and needs games played, he is third in Flyers history. Yep. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Assist. Literally, he needs 310 yeah, more assists gonna, just to tie Bobby Clark. Catch it. Yeah, he's definitely not going to catch no. it. No. Um, he's. He could easily potentially pass. I think he can pass prime prop for most for third most in points. Oh yeah. Um. He could very soon potentially pass. Ganyan. Uh he he can pass. Um uh, depending on how he does it this the year. In his career. <sighs> Game winning goals, he's eighth on the list for forty two. The most is John LeClaire with sixty one, but coming up is Tim Kerr with forty four and Simone Gagne forty seven. He's uh, he's in the top ten in all these lists though. I know. It's like you can't. It's why the, ar- the argument always comes. because he, he leads the expected argue, plus minus. Here's what you can even argue even more is that obviously in less games yeah. with uh, uh, Eric Lundros for how great he was mm-hmm. and it, as a player. 
Giroux, his numbers are about the same or a little better. Obviously, he's played a little more games in Flyers mm-hmm. history, but in that argument, you say if Lendros gets it, why couldn't Giroux? Yeah, no, that's fair. And very soon, fair. this season, probably, uh, probably not this season, but very soon, he's going to jump to second in all-time games played in yeah. Flyers history. 903 is Bill Barber. 859 is Claude Drew. Which just shows you how much... Not just... Uh, I go back to like the last 10 years and everything, but how underrated some of the top-tier players are for the Flyers. Yeah. Claude Drew is wa- probably one of the most underrated players... Potentially in the league, I could argue, mm-hmm. right now. Because let's just f- not forget about this either. Drew is always left off of like Canadian every list, teams lists, and everything. Oh yeah, I know. But that was the one thing with Drew, though, is that he was always compared with Bobby Clark. Mm. And, and if you look at it, if he becomes second on some of these lists, hey, that was kind of a fair comparison then. Yeah. And he stood up to him. Not only that, but remember, He's Bobby Clark pitching. is the man who forgot Clauser's name at the draft day. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, he, he knows it now. Yes, I'd hope so. <laughs> oh, also, let's not forget, in 2012, the hit on Crosby Drew had. And then 32 There's seconds in, the goal. Yeah. That... I was at the game. Mm-hmm. I was close to center ice. That was the greatest game I've ever been to. Yeah. And, oh, man, I get goosebumps just thinking about it and just being there that day. The crowd was already pumped. This, so here's, for that scenario, it was th- the Flyers were up 3-0 in the series. The Penguins roared back one two straight. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, oh, man, like we can't let this happen. Yeah. We can't pull a Boston. Yeah. We can't pull a San Jose. We got to win. Claude Drew, five seconds and levels Crosby. 27 seconds later, bang, goal. That place at the Wells Fargo Center was electrifying. The praise he got from Peter Laviolette after that game, I think it was. Yes, it was. And it's like, that's why he's the captain? No, he said when the best player in the game uh, in in the NHL tells you, who wants that first shift, that tells you everything you need to know about Claude Giroux. Now, I will say this. Since that quote, there's been a lot of people discouraging Drew, saying, oh, LaViolette, you know, kind of tainted Drew. If I'm not mistaken, every time there's a Flyers. By saying that quote. Whenever the Flyers play either the Penguins or the Blackhawks, it always comes up since 2011 Mm. that he is near the top three and points since then. Yeah. Yeah. Trailing behind Crosby and Patrick Patrick Kane. Yeah. Got that right. So, <laughs> it's a fair comparison because he is saying he's the best. So, obviously, ex- <laughs> expectations go up a little there. But, yeah, still. Yeah, he's holding his own. Yeah. We've been on for two hours, Jeffrey. <laughs> I know. I knew we were going to break two hours. I knew it. Um, Let's just quickly predict tonight's game. And then I think it's. Oh, my God. They're playing tonight? Or tomorrow night. Sorry. Uh, I was going to say, holy LA. crap. 
Which is weird because it feels like they play on New Year's Eve New Year's all the time. Eve yeah, all the time, and it always seems to be this road trip. Yep, it's always against the it's nine o'clock start. Yep. Honestly, I think they're gonna thrash them for nothing. Yeah, I can see it. Bye. I say four one. Uh, LA is gonna be one of those games. Where like, uh, Hart's probably gonna get a shutout. Damn it! They just yeah got it right. God damn it! He doesn't get it again. But no, I I, I think the Flyers will have a good game. Mm-hmm. They they made the game last night in Anaheim a lot tougher than should have been on themselves. But yeah, they got the win, which I'm happy with. Especially after how bad they played. Yeah. Kevin Hayes, the overtime winner last night. That was awesome. Great yep. move. Um, I think Joel Farabee will get some uh, some points uh, tomorrow night. I'm saying he gets two points, a goal, and an assist. That kid has some sick hands. I say Drew yeah. gets a goal. Okay. Um, let's give Phil Myers a goal. I like it. Coot scores again. And... Abby Kubel as well for the nice. Flyers. And a long goal scorer for the <coughs> Kings Thanks. will be Kopitar. Yep. Had that. It's all that coming. Uh, still going with the shutout. Uh, Phil Ma- oh, sorry, Joel Farabee. Actually, no, I'm going Dowdy. Okay, that's a good one still. Tyler Pitlick for me. Michael Roffel. Sean Couturier. Okay. 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 That's the 9 o'clock start, Eastern yep. Time. Eastern specific. Yes. <laughs> and with that, I think uh, we've been on long enough. Definitely our longest podcast, but that just shows you how much we had to talk about today. Uh, pretty fun one, actually. Yeah, no, yeah, it was quite an enjoyable one. Because you just you don't realize these when you're in it, especially when you go this far out. But yeah. the past 10 years have been great for the hockey and NHL Flyers. Yeah. Kind of meh. It's been. They had their goods, bads. Felt. So, really quickly here, but I will also say this too. Yeah. Thanks to Hextel and some of the better things. Yeah. I think the start of the next ten years will be a great one. Yeah. Not saying they'll win, the whole thing, but. But they they have a chance because of Ron Hextel. Yes. And, some and of how smart of a GM and his drafting yes. ability is. Also underrated. Is the scouting staff that they had? Oh yeah, slash half. Yeah, yeah. that's so. always been an underrated one. Right, exactly. But okay, now I think now we're, we're heading <laughs> off. <laughs>